Fred Ricciani of TSC. How's it going? I'm here to recap WrestleMania 35. Been a while since I've done a recap. I didn't think I was going to do a recap because this WrestleMania 35 show ended on April 8th. That's right. It started April 7th and it ended April 8th. And uh, while I was complaining about how long it was, I thought about all my European friends, including uh, Zara Berry, who's uh, up in Ireland, who's still awake right now. So I said, yeah, what the hell? Let me hop on the line and let me give you guys a brief recap of this eight-hour show. Now, I just want to give you guys a programming note here. Uh, we are actually going to be recapping the entire week of WrestleMania and the Aftermath, probably Thursday. So the Raw Aftermania, the SmackDown Aftermania, NXT Aftermania, in addition to all the other stuff I did Mania Weekend, which included the G1 Supercard with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor, I'll be recapping that for all of y'all. But thought, what the hell? My, my memory's still fresh. We just got done watching the show. And uh, yeah, might, might as well recap it. So let's not waste any time. Let's go to some of the big news here, okay? We had our main event, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey for the Raw and SmackDown Women's titles. Becky Lynch got the win in highly controversial fashion. She reversed a Piper's Pit, you know, that weird fireman's carry F5-looking Death Valley driver thing that Ronda Rousey does, which is one of her finishers. Well, Ronda Rousey went up for that, had Becky Lynch up, spun her around. Becky Lynch kind of, you know, gave her like a little crucifix, had the shoulders down. One, two, three, quick pin. Now, upon second glance and on, on Twitter, courtesy of my buddy Scott Anderson, it looked like Ronda Rousey's shoulders were up. It looked like they were up. And the announcers played this up. I don't know if this was a botch because this finish literally came out of nowhere. I don't know if Rousey forgot to kick out. I don't know if the referee counted fast. Maybe this is part of the plan all along because they want to build up to Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at Money in the Bank, which is actually coming up next month, a little earlier than usual for, for Money in the Bank. I don't know what the deal is, but Becky Lynch got the quick pin, won the match, won both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships, hoisted them both up in the air, and WrestleMania went to a close. Now, before that, the match I thought was great. It sucks that the match began at after midnight, which I think is the first match ever in WWE history to begin after midnight Eastern time. I know some European fans listening to this are probably like, shut the hell up, Fred. We always watch shows late. But... We're not used to it here in the States. And uh, yeah, that, that did take a while. Although, as an MMA fan, I do still remember those UFC on Fox Sports 1 cars that, where they had main events to start at 1 a.m. But hey, uh, I think those were a little easier to kind of tune out. They weren't WrestleMania. But uh, regardless, I thought they had a hell of a match. It just unfortunately ended in some controversy. On one hand, I feel like it takes a little bit away of Becky Lynch's moment because Becky's celebrating. She got all the pyro. It, it, it was a, a beautiful moment, but they didn't let it breathe, right? We didn't get a WrestleMania highlight video afterwards. Uh, we didn't get a, a prolonged look at Becky Lynch holding the titles. I mean, it wasn't, okay, it wasn't super, super fast like TNA, like to the back or something like that, or even like from WrestleMania in the, on the pre-show earlier in the night, or I guess last night now, where, you know, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins won the tag titles, and then, bam, they immediately cut to the freaking announcers. Okay, it wasn't that quickly. But I still felt like they should have let it breathe a little bit. And that was my Skype that did that notification. So apologies for that window sound. But anyway, 
Anyway, so yeah, Becky. So yeah, Becky Lynch. She she won the match, not without controversy. Uh, very bizarre. And but at the end of the day, I, I think the right person won, and they set up to a big one-on-one match where I guess Becky Lynch will finally, finally defeat Ronda Rousey one-on-one. But she didn't make her tap out. Uh, she didn't make Charlotte Flair tap out. She also didn't get an elaborate entrance, which to me actually makes sense for the Becky Lynch character. Like you know, you don't want any frills if you're Becky Lynch. You just want to go out there and. And kick some freaking ass. So uh, we'll try to get our buddy Scott back on. If we can't, then no worries. We'll have him on later this week to recap all the aftermath of WrestleMania. But that was a big story. The other big story, if you're if you're listening to this on YouTube and you see uh, my background, my thumbnail, or if you're maybe listening on SoundCloud or one of my podcast platforms, Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship, pinning Daniel Bryan clean in the middle of the ring. Some people disagree with me on my assessment here, but... I thought that Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan had a all-time great WrestleMania match. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. One, I just thought overall the work was very strong. Everything was snug. Everything looked good. Uh, they just they, they hit all their cues and everything else, doing their damn thing. They, there were a lot of near falls. They didn't overdo it. You know, the interference wasn't overdone with Eric Rowan and the New Day. It was just, you know, Eric Rowan essentially just took out the New Day and Kofi hit him with a trouble in paradise. And then uh, hit Daniel Bryan with the, with the trouble in paradise to get the win. You know, it was it was decisive. And maybe you know, ten. I don't want to say ten. Let's just say like fifteen years ago, right? Maybe back during the Attitude Era, if this took place, would this be considered a good match? I think so. I think it might be considered one one of the greater matches. But I think, I think in today's WWE, it's so rare for them to just do a finish right, and it's so rare for WWE to just put over the right guy or girl at the right time, and. For once, WWE did this tonight. They did it with a lot of people, but no bigger than Kofi Kingston. We were four hours into WrestleMania. Four freaking hours into WrestleMania, and the crowd was going crazy for Kofi. Jenning, Kofi, 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 Kofi. They had an excellent back-and-forth contest, and Daniel Bryan absolutely... Uh, deserves a lot of credit himself uh, because whew, he he really took Kofi Kingston to another level. Let's not say Kofi Kingston hasn't been a damn good worker uh, throughout his career. And look, it's, let's face it, Kofi Kingston hasn't had the opportunity to have these kind of matches over the years in WWE, right? He's always been a hard worker, always been a really good worker, but hey, he stepped it up tonight. This wasn't Daniel Bryan carrying Kofi Kingston. Both men brought it. Both men made this championship, made this moment mean something. And when Kofi Kingston took out Eric Rowan on the floor and Kofi Kingston set Daniel Bryan for a trouble in paradise, hit the trouble in paradise, pinned him one, two, three, that resulted in one of the most beautiful wrestling moments, forget WrestleMania, wrestling moments ever, ever. Because Kofi Kingston became, to the best of my knowledge, the first black WWE champion since The Rock in 1998. Now, Booker T and Mark Henry absolutely deserve their props. They were both world champions. They held an alternate version of the world title. Uh, Bobby Lashley was a two-time ECW world champion. Those men absolutely deserve recognition. But this is a, a big deal as well because representation matters. This man earned it. He wasn't handed anything. Okay, no disrespect to Jinder Mahal. I thought, well, I thought Jinder Mahal being the four, first Indian-born WWE champion was a great moment. The reality is they kind of just propped up Jinder Mahal overnight, and he... Fell back down in obscurity. You know, so while it was a great moment in time, 
you know, he kind of fell back to the wayside. Here's a guy in Kofi Kingston who, for the last 11 years, has consistently done good to great work, has proven himself over and over again. They gave him the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, the tag team titles, put him in random tag teams with R-Truth and, and CM Punk, put him with the New Day, which originally was death. He made it work with Kofi King, with, uh, excuse me, Big E and, and Xavier Woods. And for him now, to, for it to culminate in this moment, it was incredible. And, and Kofi's talked about it, okay? It's, a, it's, it's, it's for everyone. This is, this is for everyone who's, who's ever been overlooked, everyone who's ever been passed over. But, man, I can just imagine, and Stokely Hathaway tweeted this out. You know, you see, there's going to be kids that look like Kofi Kingston that see this moment, that see him celebrating in the ring with his kids, that see him celebrating with his friends, crying every, I mean, just the, the, the outpouring of emotion. This genuinely great family man and hard worker, a person who is at the top of his profession, succeed and show people, that, you know what? People like me can do it. And it was just... Man, I don't know. I teared. I teared up watching it. I really did. And, and I, 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 if you haven't watched this match, if you haven't watched that moment, geez, I'm, I'm tearing up just talking about it right now. Go watch it. I mean, seriously, go watch it. I mean, the irony is, five years ago, I teared up watching Daniel Bryan win the world title at the main event of WrestleMania 30. And here we are, five years later, Daniel Bryan putting over Kofi Kingston, clean as a sheet, and, and Kofi winning this match. Crowd going nuts. You know. Listen, it speaks volumes uh, about Kofi Kingston and the equity that he's built with the WWE Universe over the years. It's, it speaks volumes because while the audience may be smaller, you know, and, and that's unfortunate in, in some cases, uh, I feel like this audience respects the talent maybe more than others in years past. You know, they, they don't take them for granted and they respect the work. The work, the work matters. And this story just resonates with everybody. So congratulations, Kofi Kingston. Just, just beautiful. And, and after the match, they threw out Daniel Bryan's hemp title. They gave Kofi Kingston the, his title with the side plates. They unveiled new shirts uh, with Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. And, and his sons came in the ring. And, and yeah, it was, it was just, just an unbelievably beautiful moment. So congratulations, Kofi Kingston and the New Day. Y'all deserved it. This was so beautiful. Let's get to some of the comments here before I run through the other results real quick. I don't want to be here all night because we were here all night. Chaos Theory 035 says, this was a horrible show. I, I disagree. Um, overall, I thought it, w- it, was a, it was a great show. I, I really do. I, th- I, thought it was, I thought it was a great show. Uh, t- too long, yes. Definitely some parts that would have changed. But overall, I thought, it was, I thought it was a great show. But hey, we could agree to disagree. Walter Patrick says, I'm relieved that there was no Undertaker. Yeah, me too. He, you know, saved that moment for something special. Rumor is he's going to come back for Saudi Arabia. Listen, let, let let him let him come back for for Saudi Arabia. Whatever, you know that that to me would be better than <laughs> that. That to me would be a lot better than him. You know, just coming out here and wasting time. And uh, it would have been cool. Don't get me wrong, but this show was was like a hundred years old. It was it was like a hundred years old. So why why not have, you know, why not just have him take a break and you know make it special when he comes back in Saudi Arabia or SummerSlam or, or wherever. King Glass Review says, show was way better than the last two years. I agree, I agree. Mister Racer says, I hope Kofi doesn't lose to Brock. I don't think so. And Noe Lara says, overall good night. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's go quickly through the results because it's late. And again, I'm going to go into it a little bit more later in the week and the aftermath with, with Scott Anderson. So we opened the show with Tony Nese defeating Buddy Murphy 
in 10 minutes to win the Cruiserweight title on the kickoff show. Decent match, but I, you know it was very early. Kind of hard for me to get into it. Then again, I just came off hours ago, you know, the day before, watching the G1 Supercard, which was really long too. But Tony East gets the win. New York boy gets the Cruiserweight title. Carmella eliminated Sarah Logan to win the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. I thought Sarah Logan should have won here. They could have done something with her, but ultimately, I hate to say this, this doesn't really matter because Naomi won it last year, and what happened? Well, nothing for Naomi. She got a title shot like a year later, so whatever. Give it to Carmella. By the way, Carmella and R-Truth came out like right before midnight to give us a dance break, so at least R-Truth got a WrestleMania moment. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder beat the Revival to win the Raw Tag Team titles. The losing streak has been broken by Kurt Hawkins. I'm happy for the guys. I really am. And I've met Zack Ryder, and he's a very nice guy. And I know people that have been trained under Kurt Hawkins that speak very highly of him. And I have nothing but respect for all four of these men and their work. But I, I just think, how do you give two guys that haven't won a match, especially Kurt Hawkins, a title shot at WrestleMania, no less, and then have them win? It makes no sense to me unless this is something short-term where the Revival regains next night, which could be possible. But... You know, I, I guess in a WWE vacuum, right? If we're just talking about feel-good moments, this was a nice feel-good moment. But damn, if I'm the Revival, yeah, I'm definitely looking to leave after that because it just, I have no issue with them putting over Hawkins and Ryder. But it, it just, it came out of nowhere. At least have them win a freaking match. Seriously. Uh, Braun Strowman demolished everybody in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal to win. He last eliminated Colin Jost. This was some good fun, but... Went a little too long. Colin Jost begged Braun Strowman to take it easy. Brought in his therapist. The therapist got destroyed. He punched Michael Che out. And then he eliminated Colin Jost. Throwing him into a sea of humanity. Uh, Ali and Luke Harper, who returned, had really good showings. Andrade as well. But ultimately, it was Braun Strowman who stood tall. And the opener, Seth Rollins, defeated Brock Lesnar officially in 2 minutes and 30 seconds to win the WWE Universal Championship. Although... Technically, the match started before because Brock attacked Seth before the bell. This opened the show because Paul Heyman was pissed off that Brock wasn't main eventing. Seth took a beating here. His back was red, purple, whatever. Imagine all the times you've seen Brock Lesnar sweat and and pulse profusely. That looked like Seth's back. That was freaking nuts. It was absolutely brutal. But Seth got the win with not one, not two, but three curb stomps to win the Universal title. And I guess Brock Lesnar, who looked in fantastic shape, is finally getting ready for a match with Daniel Cormier for the UFC Heavyweight Champion. And as an MMA fan, I sure as hell cannot wait. And hopefully he could be there live for that fight because that should be one hell of a spectacle. But congratulations, Seth Rollins. Brock Lesnar did a great job as well. Damn good opener. AJ Styles beat Randy Orton next. This was a hell of a match. I really liked it. Uh, very technical, not for everybody, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Just kind of a weird pacing in order, right? I mean, they, they followed the hot title change, so they had a, had a little bit of trouble getting the crowd, but AJ kicked out of the RKO, hit Orton with a phenomenal forearm outside of the ring, back in the ring to get the clean pin. I thought this feud would actually continue and that Randy Orton would beat him, but maybe they're going their separate ways after the brand split, or should I say the superstar shakeup. The Usos surprisingly defeated Aleister Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Nakamura, and The Bar to retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Pretty good four-way. I'm not a big fan of multi-man matches, especially because I've seen a million of them 
this WrestleMania week and forget, you know, freaking Daddy B doing all the multi-man matches. But I'm happy Uso's got the win here. It's just, I don't understand. You had a chance to put over Aleister Black and Ricochet Huge and you have them sort of lose to the Revival. I mean, I think they won by count on Monday only to not get the titles. They lose clean to the War Raiders, which, uh, I don't know. I would have given the titles. And then they lose here. Uh, I'm very confused, and I thought it was a missed opportunity. I'm happy for the Usos. They got their WrestleMania moment, but uh, I think Aleister Black and Ricochet getting put over here, getting the titles, missed opportunity. Miz and Shane McMahon might be the most surprisingly, I I don't know if it was a great match, but it was definitely a great spectacle. Shane McMahon beat the Miz in a false count anywhere match after Miz superplexed Shane McMahon off the, the, the technical director stage into some, through the floor. It was like a crash pad there, but still, it looked brutal. And for people to say there's a crash pad there, at the end of the day, these mofos are, God knows how many feet that was going down through that floor. I don't give a damn if there's a crash pad or not. I mean, that ish looked rough. And uh, one of the highlights, or I guess lowlights of the match, depending on who you are, uh, was Shane McMahon beating the hell out of George. Like, literally, he gave him a beating of George as in George Mazan and Miz's dad. So Miz went crazy. Beat the hell out of Shane McMahon. And then, yeah, Shane got the pin after landing on Miz with that superplex. But both guys brought it. I didn't like the fact that Shane McMahon kicked out of a skull-crushing finale and was kicking out like Johnny Gargano or John Cena. But maybe the best performance of Shane McMahon's career, at least you know since his prime in the early 2000s. And, and definitely one of the best performances in Miz's career. And I, I thought both guys really... I mean, if you really think about it, I don't know if Miz has ever had a truly great WrestleMania match. He's had a lot of great moments, but I can't recall off the top of my head, and, and maybe someone's going to slap me for forgetting here. I can't recall him having a great, great WrestleMania match. Like he had like a ladder match with the IC title, which is really good, but in terms of singles matches, like this one really, to me, kind of cemented the fact that The Miz might be the most underappreciated top guy in the last 10 years in WWE, and, I, and I'm not one for hyperbole, but for real, this guy's a Hall of Famer. He brought it tonight, and look, I'm not the biggest fan of Shane McMahon's recent work, but I got nothing to say here other than the kickouts. Uh, it, was, it was great stuff. So well done to both men. Something that wasn't really great stuff. The Iconics beat the Boston Hug Connection, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and Beth Phoenix and Natalia to win the Women's Tag Team Championships. Not the biggest fan of this. Payne Royce was paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero with her tights. I got nothing against Billy Kane, Peyton Royce, but their work just hasn't been good on the main roster. And I don't know what the deal is. Maybe Triple H and his booking just made him look really good in NXT, but they just haven't been that good. You know, that's, that's the reality. It's not a personal attack on them or anything like that. I got nothing against them. I actually really like their gimmick in NXT, and I kind of like their personalities, but they're not better than Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, they're not better in Italian and Beth Phoenix, although maybe Beth Phoenix isn't wrestling long-term, which is why she lost tonight. But the finish came when... Beth hit a second rope glam slam on Bailey, and then the iconic shoved her out of the ring and stole the pin. Perhaps this is just a short-term title run. You know, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce win this, and then Nia Jackson Tamina destroy them. I don't know. It's not like Nia Jackson Tamina are that great either, to be to be honest. Uh, but I don't know. Billy, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, it, it could it could have been. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. This match could have been better. I mean, it did take place after the false count anywhere match. It was in a tough spot. They all worked hard. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Look, pressure's on Billy Kane, Payne Royce to deliver now. On the mic, I think they're really good. They both got you know great looks with their attire and and how they carry themselves. 
but it, you know, in terms in terms of like their swagger and everything else in the ring, like they look like superstars. But in the ring, they just you know, other than like their debut and a couple matches with Charlotte Flair, I haven't seen much out of them as far as you know. Wow, they look really good, you know, in the ring. So ho- hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll step it up. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not encouraged up to this point. No disrespect to them, but yeah. Uh, we had Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. As I mentioned, Kofi Kingston beat Daniel Bryan clean. This was one hell of a freaking match. Kofi Kingston got the win. As I mentioned before, one of the most beautiful moments, emotional moments in WrestleMania history. And uh, God, what can I say? God bless Kofi Kingston, man. That was just, it, yeah, that that was just beautiful. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It brought me to tears and... You know, I hope WWE learns from this and and sees the reaction this gets. And, you know, I know some people were saying, well, Kofi Kingston signed a contract that looked wonky and it had some fine print on it when you zoomed in on SmackDown. I know some people are saying, oh, maybe Becky Lynch is stripped of the title come Monday Night Raw. I don't want to worry about that right now. It's 1.08 a.m. Eastern time. I just want to be thankful that I got to witness these great moments and just enjoy it. Because, you know, for the longest time, WWE was about getting heat. And Roman Reigns has cancer. We're going to exploit it. And, you know, oh, uh, you know, Ric Flair's an old man. He almost died. Batista choked it. Like, I don't know. Just like, uh, just a lot of heat and heat and heat and heat. It it just gets ridiculous over time. Like, I'm all for heel heat and everything. But you got to get to the point where the good guys win, right? That's why I kind of liked Walking Dead the last uh, season or so. Like, yeah, they wrote off Rick on the show, but, you know, off the show. But, you know what? At the end of the day, like, the good guys have been winning. There's at least some prosperity. You know, there's and that way when the good guys actually lose, it's shocking. When the good guys lose all the time, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. I, th- I think there's a fine line you have to walk. You know, Johnny Gargano finally winning uh on sat on not Saturday, Friday night, you know, NXT takeover New York. That was beautiful. Cuz that was the right freaking time. Finally. He probably should have won last January to be honest, last year. But hey, better late than never. Becky Lynch finally got the big win. Although, technically, she didn't win the women's title a few months back. Um, you know, Kofi Kingston, finally winning. Seth Rollins, finally winning. Like, it, it was nice, okay? You know, I'm not saying you got to go Super Cena and have the baby faces just run wild and run roughshod in the heels all the freaking time. But at the end of the day, I think, especially in today's times, you know, we, we want to see the good guys win. We want to feel good at the end. And and, we, and, and if we're going to get heat, like, make us tune in next. Don't make us, ugh, groan. So... Although we had one moment where ugh, we kind of groaned in terms of heat, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, Samoa Joe destroyed Rey Mysterio in one minute to retain the U.S. title. Rey Mysterio injured his ankle against Baron Corbin on Monday night. So clearly wasn't 100%, but I pretty much look at this run as like icing on the cake for Rey Mysterio's legendary career. And the same thing for Samoa Joe. I loved him in TNA. I loved him in ROH. I got nothing but respect for him. And it was just great to see Samoa Joe finally, unscathed, make a WrestleMania card. Make that trip down the ramp. Come in as champion and get a huge win over Rey Mysterio. Which he did via Kakina Clutch. So, good for Samoa Joe. I'm glad Rey Mysterio at least got got his WrestleMania got a WrestleMania moment. But, you know, not, not a great one for him. But, hey, you know, 10 years ago, he pinned JBL in one minute or however long. And 10 years later, he loses Samoa Joe in one minute. Uh, Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre in about 10 minutes. Uh, good match. Uh, Drew McIntyre got a cool entrance with the you know the drums and everything. Uh, there's a part of me that feels like Drew McIntyre should have won this match. 
At the same time, he got so much offense on Roman Reigns over the years. Or not over the years, geez, over the last few weeks. I'm sorry, it's it's late. Uh, I, I, th- I thought like, man, if Roman loses this one, I mean, he's going to look really bad because he's gotten beaten up every single week. So Roman winning this one, I don't really have that much of a problem with it. And because of the fact that it didn't get a lot of time and it was late in the show, uh, I wouldn't even mind if they kind of kind of ran it back. You know, like I really wouldn't mind if like maybe on the main event of Raw after Mania or next month of Money in the Bank, they do a deal where Roman Re- where it's like for the, uh, like a title shot and Roman Reigns goes for a sp- Here's what my finish was originally if it had Dragon Tire 1. Uh, you know, back and forth battle, even up to a certain point. Roman Reigns goes for a spear and Drew McIntyre hits a Claymore kick out of nowhere, pins him one, two, three. To me, I think that would have been a great finish. Kept Roman strong, just he got caught. And then you have Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, or maybe Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston if he moved him to SmackDown. But look, time will tell what happens. Uh, you know, I think Drew McIntyre is an awesome performer. He is very polarizing. You know, a lot of people really like him like me. A lot of people find him very boring. You know, and in some ways, I think he's kind of similar to like Cody Rhodes in, in, in some ways. And granted, Cody Rhodes is a, a very big star now. Uh, but I think I think when Cody Rhodes was kind of on the rise before going to All Elite Wrestling, uh, you know, he was very polarizing as well. You know, something a lot of people like, and he carries himself like a star. But some people are like, oh, well, something's missing with him. So I, I don't know. I like Drew McIntyre. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily blame him for some of the shortcomings of his character. I think this match would have been more effective had they kept him undefeated. Instead of having to lose to Dolph Ziggler a couple times and getting eliminated by Dolph Ziggler at the Rumble, and then Dolph Ziggler's never seen again, yeah, I, I I thought that stuff was unnecessary. I mean, it would have been way stronger if Drew McIntyre was undefeated coming into this. But hey, he's looked good the last few weeks. This is one match. You lose to the top guy. No shame in that. Hopefully, he'll come back stronger, and hopefully, around this time next year, Drew McIntyre will be a champion. And if not, well, I guess we know either he didn't step up, or something went terribly wrong, or a combination of the two. Okay, let's get to a couple more comments here. Walter Patrick says, I like the triple threat, and it sets up the one-on-one match we wanted. Mr. Racer says, I'm sorry, but Lacey Evans is wasting a roster spot. Jeez, I don't think I don't think so. I mean, she came out, did the wave, and left. I thought it was kind of wacky, uh, but I'm fine with it. I mean, considering that she was put in the Royal Rumble match, and she did not deliver at all, uh, I'm fine with her just kind of walking around right now. And for what it's worth... She has a lot of respect amongst her peers. Sasha Banks is really high on her. A number of other people are really high on her. So, hey, I'm sure she's training. I'm sure she's busting her ass. But, you know, compared to what we heard before, where it might be Asuka versus Lacey Evans for the women's title, I'm kind of glad we just got this, honestly. Although, poor Asuka just put in the Battle Royal, going from being on Mania to the pre-show. But, again, it happens. We had Elias perform. He had, he had like, a video where he had, like, three different Eliases performing. And then he performed in the ring, only to get interrupted by John Cena in full thugonomics gear, the Word Life theme song, full rap character. He unleashed hell. Go out of your way to watch this. I'm not really repeating that rap. I can't be as cool as John Cena. Although, fun fact, John Cena is the one that did inspire me to write poetry and raps, which I still write some poetry to this day. And in general, he kind of inspired me to write because I was such a big fan of him in 7th and 8th grade. Fun fact, folks. So, yeah, John Cena unleashed verbal hell on Elias. He didn't give him the AA, he gave him the FU, and walked out. That was great. Nice, great, quick moment. We had Triple HB Batista. Uh, I'm looking here, I just checked uh, online here. Apparently this went 24 minutes, 45 seconds, which was about 10 minutes and 45 seconds too long. This was a brutal match in more ways than one. 
Uh, both guys worked hard, but Jesus Christ, I mean, Triple H is what, like 49 or 50? Batista's like 49. Man, I'll say this. They worked really hard. They both had cool entrances. Triple H came out in like a Mad Max style uh, vehicle. Uh, Batista came out with like a limousine and, and, and personal security. Poor guy tripped on his way to the ring, which which sucked. It was betri- people called him Batripsta, which I, I feel bad about. And yeah, then Triple H just beat the hell out of him with a chain, uh, got pliers, quote unquote broke his fingers with the pliers. I guess he watched one of Marty Skrull's matches or, or Pete Dunne's matches or Zack Sabre Jr.'s matches. You know, I guess, hey, I guess he, hey, he runs NXT UK. I guess it makes sense that he watches UK wrestlers, right? And, yeah, then he took the pliers and pulled out Batista's nose ring, which was a brutal spot. Uh, there was a spot where I think uh, Batista back body dropped him on a table. And then Triple H speared Batista off of a table through another one. And finally got to the point where both guys had, like, sledgehammers. Or I think, no, Triple H had a sledgehammer. Batista took it away from him. Batista was getting ready to to hit Triple H with a sledgehammer. Ric Flair came out of nowhere, gave Triple H another sledgehammer. And then Ric Flair distracted Batista, and Triple H hit the sledgehammer. He did like a flying sledgehammer shot. It was hilarious. It was like a double axe handle with a sledgehammer. And then hit the pedigree, got the win. This was actually, I think, top to bottom, a damn good violent match. It felt like a fight, but... I mean, this took place at like 11, I think. Went way too long. And quite frankly, I think that that time could have gone to the main event. The main event went over 20 minutes still. But two, but dude, what are y'all doing? Okay. The perfect old violent guy match. Okay. Go back to WrestleMania 33. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. That was what? Five minutes? Maybe? And it was, to me, it was one of the best title matches in a long time, because it was just, it just felt like a fight. And it didn't overstay its welcome. Boom, bada boom, done. That's it. Both guys got offense. There was some crazy stuff done. And they were out. Th- this went way too long. It just went way, way too long. And that's the case for every Triple H match. And I know we're at the point where, listen, Triple H has been around forever. He's going to get his elaborate entrance. He's going to get his long mat- match and everything else. But, damn, man, like, Either make WrestleMania two nights or, or cut your matches by ten minutes. That's ridiculous. I love Triple H, but dude, man, that's that that ain't it. Baron Corbin beat Kurt Angle in six minutes to retire him. Kurt Angle missed the moonsault. Baron Corbin had moved out of the way. Hit the deep six. One, two, three. Yeah. Baron Corbin. I get that the guy is, is leaving. That guy being Kurt Angle. You want to put the young guy over on the way out. But, I mean, Baron Corbin has got to be one of the most overrated talents in the history uh, of WWE. And look, I'll say he's a very proficient worker. He's certainly a lot better than we started. He might not even be bad, honestly. But when you compare him to any of the top guys in WWE, in NXT, hell in NXT UK, in 205 Live, in New Japan... And all the wrestling, you know, <laughs> like, you get some of the top guys in Impact, really. Like, he, he's not up to snuff as far as in the ring, you know? Like, he's perfectly fine. He's he's proficient. He, everything he does looks pretty good, actually. A lot smoother than it used to look. But, you know, we're, we're in an era now where there's so many great matches on a regular basis 
And then you have this dude here. And, and here's my thing, too. If you're going to push this guy, at least costume him as a wrestler, right? Give him some gear again. What is this with the freaking Applebee's waiter, you know, bartender crap? But what, what is this, right? Like, I'm not a fan of his at all, okay? I, I, don't, I don't care for him. I don't care for the character. Uh, you know, some people really like him. That's cool, whatever, okay? You're allowed to have bad taste. But just at least dress him like a wrestler. My God. That was, to me, the saddest damn thing. Like, just freaking bartender barista just pinning Kurt Angle. Uh, but Kurt, the professional, put him over. Got up. Thanked the fans for all the memories. Asked for one last, last you suck chant. And walked out of the ring. His wife was crying. Man, I was tearing up. Kurt Angle should never wrestle again. Uh, he's looked rough these last few weeks, last few months, last few years, really. And, uh, you know, I all I can say is, you know what? It is what it is. I, I just pray that the man can live a somewhat healthy and happy life. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's going to be tough for him to age a bit with all the damage he's taken. I just pray that, you know, lives a healthy and happy life, uh, a long life. And I pray that WWE uh, continues to take care of him. I hope he's always part of the WWE family. I know they had beef in the past, and they, and they squashed it a couple years ago when he came back for the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, hopefully he stays under their umbrella for uh, the rest of his life, and they take care of him. Because this guy, there might not be a man that has sacrificed more than Kurt Angle in terms of physicality. Uh, you know, for the wrestling business, he really has. He's left it all in the ring. I know he had a lot of problems. I know he didn't always do the right thing in the past, but he's turned his life around. And yeah, well, what else can I say? I, lo I love Kurt Angle. Uh, I wish him the very best. I wish his family the very best. And yeah, in some ways, it was kind of like, I won't say a mercy killing, but just like, you know, the mercy rule. Like, okay, I'm sad he lost to Baron Corbin. But after my initial shock, it's like, you know what? He really shouldn't be wrestling anymore. So best wishes, Kurt Angle. Get healthy, my friend. Do some DDP yoga. Take care of what you got to get. Take care of medically. Drop some weight. Whatever you got to do. Okay? Just, just. Please, please don't wrestle again. Oh, that was sad. We had Finn Balor beat Bobby Lashley in four minutes to win the Intercontinental title. He came out as a demon. Uh, I'm trying to think of any highlights of this match other than the demon stuff. Well, actually, Bobby Lashley did spear him off the apron, which was a crazy bump. I mean, they're in the death spot. Did he do a spear off the apron? I guess they had to get in their moment. And yeah, Finn Balor got the win. It was fine. It was It was a quick match. And then we had Becky Lynch defeat Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, as I mentioned at the top of the show, to win the Raw and SmackDown Women's titles. Becky Lynch reversed the Piper's pit slam by Ronda Rousey to get the pin, but not without controversy because Becky Lynch's shoulder, or I'm sorry, Ronda Rousey's shoulder appeared to be up. So overall, I got to say, I mean, look, really long show, really, really long show, too long. Uh, I, I think Triple H versus Batista, to me, was the only egregiously long match. Like it was the one match where I was like, okay, this this is this is just ridiculous. And but ever, other than that, you know, uh, I I really enjoyed the show truly. And, and you you guys know me, I'm not always the the, the most praising of DDB lately, just because some of the things they've done. But they've been hitting a home run in a lot of things, and I thought they did a hell of a job here. Uh, oh. Uh, Another complaint. Hulk Hogan was introduced at the beginning of the show by the host, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss looked great and did a great job on the mic and as the host. 
Uh, throughout the night, we also had guest commentators, JBL for one match, Booker T for one match, uh, Shawn Michaels for the Triple H Batista match. And I, I love Shawn Michaels, but he kind of sounded like your drunk uncle at a family reunion when calling a match that was supposed to be career-threatening for Triple H. So that was a little wacky. And, yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan just you know revved up the fans for WrestleMania. He called it the, the MetLife Stadium the Silver Dome as a joke. And then he, unpurposely, inadvertently, by accident, actually messed up MetLife Stadium's name calling it the MetLife Center. And, uh, yeah, well, what else can I say other than uh, he's, he's still a piece of crap. I still don't really care for Hogan. Uh, but whatever. They brought him out there. It was quick. It was painless. And at least they got the garbage out early. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just looking through here if I missed anything else. There was a lot to take in. Oh, Colin Jones and Michael Che were backstage in the trainer's room. And Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were revealed as the doctors. And uh, presumably... Uh, they did some unsavory things to Michael Che and, and Colin Chose, so there you go, I guess. I mean, that, that that's that. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Oh, yeah, when Natalia and Beth Phoenix came out, Bret Hart uh, kind of gave them a high five before they walked to the ring, so that was a nice moment. Bret Hart got tackled by some dumbass fan who's actually an amateur MMA fighter. Uh, on on Saturday during the Hall of Fame, which is crazy. Barclays Security, get your ish together, man. That was pathetic. Pathetic security. I mean, the wrestlers actually were the ones that took the guy off and Dash Wilder knocked him out with an uppercut. Thank God. Uh, but, you know, Brett seemed to be okay. Uh, there are charges filed against the guy, which is good. So, uh, glad to see the Hitman out there. Glad to see Beth Phoenix and Natalia have their moment. So, yeah, overall, I think from top to bottom, a very memorable show. I mean, a hell of a show if you really think about it. I mean, look at all the title changes we got here. Cruiserweight title one. Hawkins Rider 2. Uh, Rollins 3. Iconics 4. Kingston 5. and La- La- Bauer being Lashley 6. Becky Lynch 7. Technically 7 and 8 because it was for two titles. So damn, eight title changes on this WrestleMania. So hopefully next year they will make WrestleMania two nights. I, I-, I kind of have a feeling that you know, WWE has done some things in, as of late with, with their approach to NXT and some other decisions they've made based on seeing what AEW New Japan's done. Because Vince McMahon does not like to be outdone. So hopefully somebody in one of these meetings tells Vince McMahon, hey, Wrestle Kingdom next year's two nights. I think Vince McMahon will say, God damn, let's do two nights as well. We'll see. We'll see. A man can dream. But, excuse me, let's get to the comments before we get on out of here. And I appreciate all you guys watching and listening live, by the way. Uh, if you want to listen to the replay on all my other podcasts, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier, SoundCloud.com slash TSC News, or you can just search my name, Fred Ricciani, or TSC News on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, pretty much every major podcast platform we're on, other than, I think, iHeartMedia, because they're wacky. But other than that, we're everywhere, so... Uh, feel free to subscribe there. Feel free to like uh, this podcast, too, and, and share it. We'd appreciate it. All right. Let's see. Walter Patrick says, Triple H has lost a lot of mini matches. I'm more mad they insist on long matches, always trying to do an epic. Sometimes short, wild brawls are what are needed. I agree. Uh, okay. King Glass Review. Kurt put over a Corbin. I feel like Cor- Kurt made that choice. Yeah, I'm sure he did. That being said, I don't think it was the right call. Tony Reyna says Triple H match was way too long. I was saying that halfway in. Only way they could do this is because of weapons in the storyline. Uh, Walter Patrick says McIntyre Angle a few months back was the perfect retirement match. Yeah, I agree. I think McIntyre and Angle would have been better. 
and Angle maybe actually getting some offense on McIntyre in a match earlier in the show would have been better. And, you know, you could put, still put over McIntyre, but instead of McIntyre maybe putting him over, you could actually have maybe Kurt Angle kick out of a Claymore, you know, make him look like a warrior. Kind of like the way Roman Reigns put down uh, Undertaker at Mania 33. You know, that match wasn't great, but at least, uh, you know, Undertaker like, kept kicking out of the spear. And, you know, it was, it was like kind of like that last rider, you know. Just get, that horse wouldn't be kept down. Like, that would have been, I think, better than just Miss Moonsault and today's. In street clothes. And by the way, if he's going to wrestle in street clothes, I mean, Jesus, take off your shirt. You know, wear black jeans, something. Wear dress like Dean Ambrose. Come on, man. Papers asks, where's Baron going? I don't know. Again, I'm not a huge Baron Corbin fan, but if you are going to push this guy, either go all the way with him or don't go at all. Uh, you know, th- this is why I like this WrestleMania. They actually went all the way. They didn't half-ass any of this crap, right? They didn't half-ass Kofi Kingston. They didn't half-ass Becky Lynch. Well, maybe they did with the finish, but at least you won the match. You know, before, like, Baird Corbin won the Money in the Bank, lost the Money in the Bank. Held the U.S. title for a couple months, then lost it. Um, actually, Baird Corbin's a perfect example of this. I thought they did a great job with Baird Corbin in his debut. He won the Andre Giant Battle Royal at Mania 32. I was actually really happy to see him win because I liked him in NXT, and then I think a month later, or even like a couple weeks later, he lost to Dolph Ziggler. And he lost to this guy, he lost to that guy. So, yeah, Baron Corbin's work hasn't always been up to snuff. But Debbie Creative as well hasn't done a great job with him. And I don't know. Like, they're pushing him. But it's weird. They're pushing him a lot, but they're also not pushing him well, if that makes any sense. So, if they do have any common sense in regards to Baron Corbin, hopefully if they are going to make us suffer through him, they at least dress him like a professional wrestler. So at least when you're on, when you're watching on TV, you're not immediately slapped in the face and, and have the TV saying, hey, this is not real what you're watching. Because that's what I feel like when I'm watching Baron Corbin right now. I feel like when, when I see him, it's like, okay, this is phony. Because he's in street clothes. And it's not like he's part of Right to Censor. He's not part of the Mean Street Posse. Okay, he's not dressed like Dean Ambrose in jeans. He's just, you know, he's not, at least if he was still like part of like the the general managership if it was like a, you know part of like the cabinet or something like i don't know if he, if he was like still had like a fake corporate position that'd say okay whatever but yeah i don't know uh somebody's asking where's my man scott anderson at? yeah i try to get scott on skype's being weird and there's a new version of skype that is just a, a huge pain in the ass so uh, apologies for not able to getting getting him on. I kind of did the stream very last minute, but uh, him and I will be back on later this week, probably around Thursday, to go over the WrestleMania aftermath. And by the way, you can also watch our videos if you want on Facebook.com slash the Sports Courier. We actually now live stream a lot of our videos simultaneously on Facebook and on YouTube. So you can actually just search the Sports Courier or TSC News on Facebook and check out our videos there. Holiday197 says... A big part of me is hoping that Conor McGregor and John Cena is the match at WrestleMania 36. Well, uh, look, Conor McGregor's got a rape case going on in Ireland. I'm actually kind of shocked that they're still running his ads on USA Network for the proper 12 whiskey. Uh, I feel like if this wasn't a, a rich white guy, that uh, this, you know, put it this way. This was, if Kobe Bryant's rape accusation occurred around this time in, in this social media age while he was still active, with commercials running during Monday Night Raw, I don't think you'd see those commercials anymore. So, yeah, I do think it's a bit of a double standard. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, that's a serious deal. That is a real serious deal. And UFC hasn't been that great with public relations in, in recent years. But I'll tell you this, they're certainly smart 
to uh, have had Dana White put out this statement where he said, oh, I'm glad Conor McGregor's retired, and hey, I'd retire if I was him too, and, you know, happy retirement. Now, Conor McGregor did walk that back and recently tweet out, I'll see you in the octagon, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I know we're talking about UC now, but some of the stuff that him and Habib are saying online, especially with, like, Habib calling him a rapist, and look, they're allegations. We don't know if it's true or not, but obviously Irish police had enough evidence to at least, uh, you know, pursue him. And in the case of Conor McGregor saying that Habib married a towel, uh, when 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 Habib's wife is of Muslim faith, I mean, that to me is like you're getting, to, you know, I don't know. This is real life. Like this is real life. We talk about, you know, people talk about hip hop beefs and Big and Tupac and even like Fifty Cent and Ja Rule with some of the stuff getting too real with gun violence and stuff like that. I mean. Man, that's where I see this going if, if it doesn't cool down. So it might be for the best that Conor McGregor doesn't do WrestleMania and maybe stays away from the cage. It's just you're getting to the point where this is, you know, some of these dudes, you know, Habib, some of these dudes, man, they, they don't they don't play around. It's not, it's not, this isn't good. So I, I don't know. In the meantime, though, I think Conor McGregor should take care of his demons and whatever he's got going on because he clearly isn't in the right state of mind. But, you know, he's also one of those guys that makes people so much money that they're going to keep propping him up, kind of like Floyd Mayweather. You know, Floyd Mayweather beat women. Floyd Mayweather at the prison. They kept propping him up and propping him up and propping him up. And to be fair to those people that propped him up, whether you like it or not, they didn't make they didn't make money. So, I, I think, you know, just just the nature, I guess, when you're a gigantic star, especially in combat sports. One nine seven says overall, Manny was good. The ending with Lynch was screwy, and it almost confirms Rousey's staying. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Manpreet says, I think Balor's going to go to SmackDown. Joe's going to go to Raw. That'd be cool. Paper says, I'm really sorry to see Dean gone. Yeah, I'm really sorry too because I, I really like Dean Ambrose, but you know he just he just hasn't looked the same. He he just he just hasn't looked the same, and he's he's looked disheveled and unmotivated. And I think it's probably best for him as a guy that's sort of been a hard worker over the years to maybe take a break. Um. So yeah. Other than that, um, I think we got to most of the comments here. Okay, Stephen Shaw says, "Am I wrong for being annoyed that Triple H won another Mania match?" Look, man, he beat Batista. Batista—that's pretty much Batista's last match. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with that. I'm more annoyed that just the match went way too long. You know, and and it's—it's weird because Triple H, in his own mind, probably thinks, "Yeah, man, we're having a hell of a match and all this other stuff." But the reality is, you know, look, look. I like seeing Triple H as much as the next guy. But if I'm Triple H at this point, play the hits, dude. Play the hits. You know, look at how Undertaker did it, you know, a year ago. Look how John Cena did it tonight. We don't need to see Triple H in in 20-minute matches anymore. I want to remember Triple H for all the great times. Uh, You know, seeing him in a long-ass 20-minute match or 24-minute match, not not, not the way to go. But, again, he's stubborn. That's the way he does things. But at the end of the day... Well, it makes you grow now. Ugh, Triple H taking 20 minutes for a wrestling match and his long entrance. That's the same mentality that got him to the top. Some of these guys are wired differently. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, to get to the top, a lot of these guys believe they're the freaking best. When I'm on, it's my mother effing spot. I'm going to do the damn thing, whether you like it or not, and we're going to have a great match. You know, that, that's the mentality. And he just happens to be the son-in-law of the owner of the company. So there you go. And okay. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Okay, well yeah. 
Overall, uh, again, thought it was a great WrestleMania. I appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, a little bit of a different format than I normally do. Again, I didn't expect to really go live, but I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, either live or after the fact. And, yeah, we'll, we'll talk again later this week. Uh, just quick, a few quick plugs here before you go. I did an interview with Ernest the Cat Miller, two parts from her WWE and WCW Superstar. We had a great chat about martial arts and, and wrestling and everything else. Really great interview, if I do say so myself. And I also just did an interview with PCL Pierre Carl Willette, a.k.a. one of the, half of the Quebecers of WWE Tag Team Championship fame, a.k.a. the now former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion, current Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Team Champion, a.k.a. Jean-Pierre Lafitte, I think I think he was, who feuded with Bret Hart, or is it Latif? It might have been Lafitte, Latif. I don't remember. It was before, but uh, whatever. Jean-Pierre from the mid-'90s WWF who feuded with Bret Hart. Uh, he did. Just, he's done just about everything, and uh, we had a really nice chat. I actually got him on video uh, chatting with me, so uh, that was a lot of fun. And, and so feel free to check that out, and yeah, we'll have more interviews coming your way. I actually just uploaded an old-school clip I did with Jim Cornette where we chatted about his WrestleMania memories, so feel free to check that out. And yeah, overall, uh, thank you guys so much. We'll talk again very soon. This is a lot of fun. Take care. Please like and share. Don't forget to subscribe. Spread the good word. And as always, enjoy the matches. And have a fantastic week.